Well, Ruth chapter 3 and verse 3, as close as you want to be. That must be a sweet-sounding title. It, it is to me, because that's what we desire. We desire to be close to one another. Uh, but that's taking things out of context already. Let's get to the verse as we pick up where we left off last week. We have Naomi who is sharing with Ruth. She has recommended or requested a rest for Ruth. The rest of marriage. And Naomi has the one in mind for Ruth. It is Boaz. And she is within her right to do that because of the custom of that day for the parent to choose the spouse for the child. So we, we went through those steps last week in verses 1 and 2, and Naomi is still speaking to Ruth in verse 3. And she says, in preparations for getting ready to go to Boaz, Naomi tells Ruth, Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. The last phrase you probably want to hear tonight is social distancing. You've probably heard it a lot. You've probably even heard the correction a lot that many people have made for that phrase. It is really physical distancing. Because we are very socially active, whether it be FaceTime, Facebook, Zoom meeting, text or email, something like that. We, we're very active socially, but there's physical distancing. I mean, my son sees everyone in his class every day, and, and I hear his teacher teaching him. It's online, but they can see each other, and so there's a social network that continues to go on. But it's different when I go to the grocery store. I, I try to get there 20 minutes before they open. That assures me usually to be one of the first five in the door. And I stand on this X marked with tape. And someone stands six feet away from me in front and six feet away behind. There is a lot of distancing that takes place. There were some of us here Sunday for the morning service, the, the, the preachers, the singers, those working in the sound booth, someone to watch the door and watch over the property. And we must have all had 25 feet between us. No, no matter which one to another, we were very, very distant from one another. And I tell you what, I, I can't wait for the time that we can hug and that we can shake hands again. I kind of felt like shaking hands was a distant thing to do, and I would love to be able to do that now. And one day, we will be doing that. We will be as close as we want to be to one another. That's not the reason for the title of the message, but, but it's just a, a good thought that we can have. But as we look at the text and, and get into this situation with Boaz and Ruth, 
And what has transpired up to this point, we see that Boaz and Ruth have had a master-servant relationship. He's the owner of the field, and she is the wandering widow stranger of the field who has been allowed to glean in the field for grain. She went looking for a meal, and she found so much more than a meal. She found the grace of God through a man of God. It was the grace was given by the field master, Boaz. And, and, and it was a lot of grace. It was all the grace that could assure her of the goodness of what was coming to her. This master has been very, very kind to this servant. And there's about to be a redefining of the nature of their relationship. It's about to change. So far, Ruth has been going to the field. She's been putting on her gleaning clothes and she's been going to the field as if she's punching a time clock. She was promised and, and she was given grace that she could go glean in the field throughout all of harvest time. And that is what she has done. And now harvest time is coming to an end. She has been ready for work and she's been working hard. She's been laboring to feed Naomi and take care of her and also for herself. All the while she has been doing this, Boaz has been very tender. He's been extremely compassionate. He's been extraordinarily generous with Ruth in an attempt to draw her into a relationship that's more personal than this master-servant relationship that has gone on. He has gone way beyond what the law requires. That the widow, that the fatherless, that the stranger could come and glean from the corners of the field. She has been able to glean from the corners of the field all up and down and through the field. There has been grain placed before her on the ground that she came upon that she could take and that she could have. So a lot of grace has been shown to her. She has been very, very blessed. And she has been blessed by someone that wants to know her much, much better. Boaz has made the first move with Ruth. And now we come to a time for Ruth to respond to that move. She can move now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of old-fashioned myself. I think the gentleman ought to make the first move and the lady respond to that. And that's what happens here. And it's time for Ruth to respond. It's time for Ruth to go from the field of Boaz to the feet of Boaz. This message is about taking a relationship to the next level. And I'm not talking about a marriage relationship. I'm not talking about taking someone as your fiance and possibly getting married. I'm talking about a picture that we have in Boaz and Ruth for you and I that we can come into a greater escalating relationship 
with our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we see a picture of tonight. It's about a relationship between Boaz and Ruth. And it's something that need, it's about to happen with them. And it's something that needs to happen between Christians and Christ as we parallel this with what we need for our lives. You know, there are many in the field of Jesus. In other words, there are a lot of people who are saved. However, they're not at the feet of Jesus. And that's where Christians need to be, at His feet. There are numerous folks in a relationship with Jesus, but they're not having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And look, this relationship between us and Christ, by divine design, is to be closer and closer and closer to one another as it goes and as we grow. We're to be close to the one who died for us and drew us to him. The one who delivered us from our sin and who dwells within us by the person of the Holy Spirit. The one who has done everything in his unlimited power to bring you and I into a deeper relationship with him. So not only has Boaz made his move, and it's time for Ruth to respond. Look, the Lord has made his move. And it's time for you and I to respond to him in a closeness to him. I'd like to ask a question tonight. And that is, how close do you want to be to the Lord? Please don't answer that just yet. I think that's a very good question to ask. And I think it would be very good if we did not quickly reply to this question. The reason being is because we're as close as we want to be. Now, I can think about and I can even hear myself in the past answering a question like that. And my quick answer was, well, I want to be closer to him. But when you get to thinking about it, we're, we're as close as we want to be. Because there's no Savior distancing, you understand. On His end, there is no willful distancing and keeping us at a, at a certain place, a certain distance away from Him. He wants us as close to Him as we could possibly be. That's His desire. That's what He set up. He has enabled us to do that. We can be as close as we want to be. So therefore... It's coming down to, it's our decision. Wherever we stand and however close or how distant we are from the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we don't think about it this way, but that's where we want to be. And maybe that doesn't set too well with you tonight. Maybe there is a longing and, and there will be a moving through this message that I, I need to move. I need to move to the feet of Jesus. And the good news is that you can and I can. We can be as close to him as we want to be because that's what he wants with you and I. 
And he doesn't impose our will. He, he wants us to want to be closer to him. To desire him. And all of that can change tonight. If as we reflect, you see that you're not as close to him as you would like. Because nothing is stopping you and I from being at the feet of Jesus. Let me rephrase that. Nothing has to be stopping you and I from being at his feet. The Lord delights in us and desires a very close relationship with nothing in between, no distancing whatsoever. If there is, it's our decision. Now, Boaz has rolled out the red carpet, if you will, and he has shown all the signs to Ruth that he wants to know her better. He wants to be closer to her. Boaz has made his move on Ruth, and now it's time for her to make her move. It's time for her to get closer to him. But what we're going to see tonight, and the reason why we're sharing just one verse, is because we are going to see that there is a preparedness for you and I to go through. There is a preparation that we see Ruth going through and getting close to Boaz that you and I ourselves need to go through to get closer and closer to Jesus. There were preparations for going from the field of Boaz to the feet of Boaz, if you will. As Ruth prepares to get closer to Boaz, we're going to see what it takes, what we must do, a preparing of our hearts that we will go through to get closer to our Lord Jesus. This message is going out to many who are saved by Jesus. Though there's some savior distancing that may be going on. And that's going to be on our part that that is happening. But we're going to see what we can do about that. We're going to see that those things can change tonight. That we might be at the feet of Jesus. That we might spend close time with him in relationship. You know at the feet of Jesus. Is where the best blessings are. At the feet of Jesus. Is where we have the greatest experience of his power. And we should allow. And do not have to allow anything. To be between us and him. And you know as we think about how the church. Is dispersed right now. And everyone is at their own individual home. And the church is unable to meet together. You know what? We can, we can still be at the feet of Jesus. Right in the midst of our families. Right in the midst of our living rooms at home. Sometimes when we gather together here, we sing just a closer walk with thee. And oh, may, they, may that be such a reality 
in our life tonight. May that desire be very strong in our life tonight. That we would be closer to Him. That we would move. It's our move. That we would move closer to Him. And that we would be at His feet. May the Word of God help us tonight to be able to get there. To identify a preparedness that we need to take to be able to be at Jesus' feet. Let us keep the thought in mind too. That we can be as close as we want to be. For Ruth to get as close to Boaz as she could. There were some things that we see that Naomi instructed her in. And the first thing we see is a cleaning up. In the beginning of verse 3. She says, wash thyself, therefore. You know, a good physical cleansing is really good. It's really good to scrub with soap and water. And, and you ought to do that at least once a day. You know, someone said that uh, you can catch more flies with honey. Somebody else said you can do the same thing cheaper with poor personal hygiene. Hey, it's good to it's good. To clean up. Ruth is about to respond to the moves that Boaz has made toward her. So look, she needs to clean up. She's going to get a little closer to him. It, it'd be a nice thing to do to practice some good personal hygiene. But for the, but for the Christian to dwell at Jesus' feet... It's going to take a whole lot more than head and shoulders and, and soap and water. There's going to be more that's required for a deeper cleansing that we might get close to Jesus. There must be a multi-point inspection upon our lives that we must go through. And, and as we consider this, Look, and as we go through this inspection, it's not going to be an A-plus situation. As we examine ourselves from God's point of view, from God's standards, it's going to be a time of confession. It's going to be a time of repentance. It's going to be a time of forsaking our sin, a time of cleansing, and a time of forgiveness. From the Lord. You're all very familiar with 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that Christ loved the church. And it goes on to say after that that He might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water by the Word. So look, we need to acknowledge and confess, and we need knowledge and being cleansed by the Word of God. We need a spiritual cleansing to be at the feet of Jesus. To be as close as we want to be, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take a cleaning up in our lives. And, and, and as I talk about us coming before the Lord with our faults and our failures and our errors... That shouldn't be something grievous. That should be something 
that's joyful for us, that we can go to Him, that we can be washed white as snow, that, that we can know and we can go through with a broken and contrite heart before our Lord, something that is going to take us closer to Him. So it's going to be a cleaning up that it's going to take from our lives. We might consider David in the 51st Psalm where he says, I acknowledge my sin is ever before the purge me with hyssop. Look, he had to come clean with the Lord to get clean and to be able to walk closely with the Lord again. And he was able to do so, but he confessed and he repented. And that's what it takes for you and I. You know, we're all prone to wander. And our wanderings must come up in conversation with the Lord. When we go to prayer and when we go to make a request, there's something else that he wants to deal with first. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we say we have no sin, we call God a liar. So we need this subject to come up in conversation with the Lord. We need a cleaning up that we might get closer to Him. At, to be at the feet of Jesus means first dealing with our offenses against Him. Whether it be something with the hands that's physical, whether it be something with the eyes that ends up being a sin in the mind, we need to confess and we need to come clean before the Lord. It takes a cleaning up to dwell at the feet of Jesus. But we also see something that Naomi lined out Ruth with, and that was a sprucing up. She not only says, wash thyself therefore, she also says, and anoint thee. Now Naomi is telling Ruth, don't just wash up, but anoint yourself. Or as my dad would have said, put on some foo-foo juice. I had a certain time in relationship with my dad in my late teens, and it was a little awkward. I, I regret kind of shunning him as I went through my phase but I would walk out of the bedroom and I, you know, I, I've sprayed cologne on and I'm about to walk out the door. And my dad says, somebody put on some foo-foo juice. They're planning on meeting someone tonight, I guess. And it would just kind of aggravate me and he would be trying to aggravate me and I would grumble a little bit and go out the door. But Ruth has received some good advice here to put on some foo-foo juice. Because, look, she's about to catch a husband. She's about, she's about to have her a husband. And that's a good thing to do for her to spruce up. And you know, you and I can spruce up for the Lord. It's amazing the work that the Lord does in our lives that we can be a sweet smell to Him. We are empowered to live a life that is likened unto a sweet-smelling incense. In 2 Corinthians 2.15, it says, We are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. Anoint, it was time for her to anoint herself. And we are anointed before the Lord, if you will. 
that, you know, that anointing oil, it was used in the temple services. It was used as an anointing over the implements in the temple services. It was used in an anointing of the priests. Then there was that time whenever the Lord led Samuel to go to Jesse and told him one of his sons is going to be the new king. And Jesse brought everyone but David. And they went through the sons, and it was none of them. And Samuel says, you have any more sons? And he says, well, I have one keeping the sheep. He said, go get him. He, he knew that was the one. He knew it had to be the one because it was, God said it was one of his sons. So he brought David, and David surely was the one. And they anointed him with oil. They anointed David with oil. Set apart. It was, a, it was a setting apart or a consecrating of the implements in the temple of the priest of David. It was, it was an instrumental thing that was used in an expression of things or people who, are, who were set apart for God. And God does the same setting apart today. We are still to be set apart for Him. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says... Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Look, we're talking about really being closer to Jesus. And look, it's going to take a cleaning up, and it's going to take a sprucing up. It's going to take an anointing. It's going to take a setting apart of our lives for God and for the things of God. For us to be able to walk closely with Jesus. There's this preparing that has to take place for this to happen. But let's not leave out something else that Naomi instructs Ruth in. And let's include this. It's a dressing up. She's to wash herself and to anoint herself. And put thy raiment upon thee. You know, did she, she told her to, to scrub down? She told her to put some foo-foo juice on? Does she really need to tell her to get dressed? You know, that's not only what she's saying here. She's saying something very specific. She's not just to put on her reaping raiment that she had worn in the field every day. She's not just to put on some gleaning garments that she had put on morning after morning for work. This is a special occasion. And it requires dressing up. Go get dressed up for the occasion at hand. You know, there's something that's been talked about for a long time. And it comes across real salty these days. And you don't hear a lot about it these days. But that would be something that, I, that I've heard since I was a Christian. And I've read in commentaries back a hundred years or so. And that is, we ought to dress our best for the Lord. I mean, let's, let's think about this and talk about this a minute. Because... It shouldn't be this, this rule and regulation that we should just follow. There should be a motivation to do so. 
There should be a motivation that connects with coming before the Lord in worship and dressing up nice. I mean, we have work clothes, there's, there's casual, and there's a dressy occasion. A wedding is a dressy occasion. A funeral would be a dressy occasion. A company Christmas party would be a dressy occasion. A, a more important occasion, so you would dress nicer. Shouldn't the Lord be included in that pattern? And how worthy is He? We should be moved with a motivation to dress up for the Lord. Let's, let's think about it for just a minute. You go on a job interview, and you're on your third interview. Everything's going well. And they say they haven't talked money with you yet. But they say, look, we think you're a great fit for this job and we want to hire you. But there's just one stipulation that, that I want to let you know about, uh, fellas. And that is that you have to wear a tuxedo to the job every day. And, and ladies, you have to wear a prom dress and high heels to work every day. I'm sure the first response will be, um, thank you, but no thank you. I do not think this is a good fit for me. Uh, that's just not me. And uh, thank you, but no thanks. You know, what if he fin just finished the interview in any way and he said, I also want to let you know that I see what you make here and we want to pay you three times what you're making right now to work here. I'm sure the next response from the fellows will be, what color cummerbund and bow tie would you like for me to wear with that tuxedo? And the ladies might say, do I need a tiara with that prom dress? And how high do you want the heels? You want nine inch heels? I can find them and I can wear them. I, I, and I'm glad to do so. Our motivation for what we do, we ought to be motivated to dress in a proper, modest manner for our Lord. Ruth is told to dress up for the occasion. Now let's see her showing up. So she washes herself, she anoints herself, and she, she clothes herself. And then Naomi says, and get thee down to the floor. You'll notice back in verse 2 that Boaz was down at the threshing floor. Ruth was with Naomi... And Boaz was down at the threshing floor. Ruth, in her move, she needs to go to Boaz. When Ruth goes to Boaz, she's going to be expressing a sincere connection conviction she is going to be expressing a commitment to Boaz you know the Lord has surely committed himself to us he is more faithful to us than we could ever be to him but we ought to be expressing commitment to him there ought to be an expression of commitment to the Lord. We need to go to the Lord. 
He has made his move. It's time for us to make our move. And, and after we have prepared ourselves for him, we need to go to his feet. That expresses sincerity and that expresses commitment. To go to him and to be closer to him means leaving something behind. Ruth, to go to Boaz, it, it meant leaving Naomi behind. She was able to leave all of her past in Moab behind her. She was able to leave that, that loneliness through this season behind her. To go to the feet of Jesus is going to mean leaving something behind. When we go to worship the Lord, our worries shouldn't weigh more than our worship to the Lord. It, it's something that we should be able to leave behind as we go to Him. As we go to worship the Lord and we go to the altar... Whether it be a sin, whatever it may be, when we go to his feet, there's something that's able to be gone from our lives. And to pray for the ability to truly not just confess it, but to forsake it. You know, there's many in the field of Jesus, but who's at his feet? To be at his feet, to go to his feet. It's going, to be, it's going to mean leaving something behind. To go to Christ means leaving something unchristlike in our past. Leaving it behind us. Moving away from it as we go to the Lord to be closer to the Lord. There's something that's between us and the Lord possibly tonight. And, and, and it may be. It may be a sin of some sort. That's some kind of physical sin that we do in our lives. It, it, it may be pride. It, it may be doubt. It may be a lack of faith. That which is not of faith is sin. It could be any number of things. And there's something that maybe we're holding on to. Where we're not allowing ourselves to be closer to Jesus. As we can. As we're able to. And as we should. When we go to the prayer altar, we're able to, to move something out of the way as we go to the feet of Jesus. You know, as we go to the marriage altar, there's, there's things that, that we just leave behind as we move forward. There are things that we save for after the marriage ceremony. As we truly, sincerely commit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a showing up that we need to be doing. We need to show up in expression of commitment to the one who has committed himself to us for life. And leaving things behind. But let's look at a pairing up now as we finish this verse. After she goes down to the floor, goes to meet Boaz at the threshing floor. Naomi says to her, but make not thyself known unto the man 
until he shall have done eating and drinking. Ruth was to go pair up with Boaz. But not in the middle of his business for the day. She wasn't to go before others and it be a, some type of showy display. It'd be something that puts him in an obligation to her. It'd be something that could be done in a wrong motive if it be in front of others. And this business of not just being in the field of Jesus, but being at the feet of Jesus. This is for public display in one sense. When we get as close to Jesus as we possibly can, it's going to be seen in our life, and it needs to be seen by a lost and dying world. It needs to be seen by Christians who can be revived and, and blessed in their spiritual life. But when we're talking about a condition that we're in, that we have allowed, that, and as we see that we can be as close as we want to be, Look, in this pairing up, there needs to be some alone, private, personal time. We need to go to Jesus in our private, personal time and pair up with him and be at his feet. You know, Martha wasn't alone, obviously, there as she was serving with Mary in the kitchen and then... And then there was Jesus, and when the, when the word of Jesus started, then there was one who had chosen that good part, to set at Jesus' feet. There was, there was a ceasing of serving, there was not even seen where there was the telling to the other one that they were leaving, they just went straight to Jesus' As if it were just her and Jesus. And that's the way it needs to be with us. Look, there is one way to Jesus for all. And there is one way to be with Jesus for all. But there is our own personal path to a place of worship with Him. Where we worship with Him just he and us alone, paired up. If we've never worshipped the Lord alone, just us with Him, then it's hard to believe that when we've come to church, we've truly worshipped together. I believe you. I believe you've got to. You worship the Lord alone. First, it, it's 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 just like in that moment of of salvation that you experience when you come into a personal relationship with the Lord. There is something personal and alone that you always experience with him. And it's and it's a way of worship. And I don't see how if there's anyone out there who has not worshiped the Lord alone I, I don't know how it's truly happened when we've all gathered together. We desire to gather together so much that it hurts, and we shall. But can we pair up with Jesus alone during this time? And can we worship? It's something for all times. It's something throughout our lives 
that if there's anyone else involved aside from yourself and Jesus, they are trespassing in your time of worship. As you spend time with him, as you pair up with him, there's a private place for you and Jesus. David says it this way. He says, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches all alone, him and Jesus. And then in the 138th Psalm, in the second verse, he says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. David encouraged himself in the Lord when David was on the run in the wilderness. He worshiped. And it was just he and the Lord. And I pray that that pairing up happens for you. Just between you and Jesus. These are things that's going to take place in our lives. So that we can be as close as we could possibly be to Jesus. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So let us leave tonight and let us consider this thought. We are as close to Jesus as we want to be. That, that alone right there tonight, I pray that it moves our heart. I pray that it moves us to see our responsibility our decision, where we stand, what our opportunity is. Jesus wants us to be so close to him that nothing, nothing at all can get between us. So let us be as close to Jesus as we possibly can. Let us pray. Father, we come to you tonight and we thank you for your word. I thank you how we can see our relationship through your precious son, Jesus, in this word tonight. And Lord, I thank you for the move that you have made toward your people. And that we wouldn't just settle to be in your field, which is not all you have for us, but that we might be at your feet. Lord, that we might experience your power as never before. That our cup might run over with the blessings that you have for us. The best blessings that we find in the greatest closeness with you. We're enabled to go there. Lord, may we go to you tonight and leave all else behind that gets in the way. Father, I pray that you strengthen your people during this time. Lord, you know how much we miss gathering together and worshiping you when the church comes in unity. 
Father, bless us and keep us. We hold on to your precious promises. And we thank you for Jesus and a relationship with him. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.